1: Treatment of infection with modern medicine has improved immensely, and with that, countless lives are saved. But still, the treatment against infections generally does not include strengthening your immune system and boosting your resistance to disease. The treatments, although necessary and life-saving, often damage the immune system, such as what happens with antibiotic treatment or corticosteroids. It is therefore important to work on a recovery plan for your immune system if you ever need such treatment. We live in an era where we have an opportunity to do what is in our power to strengthen our immune systems and boost our defense against infections, while knowing that medicine has advanced to a point where we are well protected should things get out of hand. This chance to be proactive and to still have our backs covered is a double bonus that comes with boosting your immune system. Valeria Telly's interviews Hester Ladowig, the author of Strengthen Your Immune System and Boost Your Resistance to Disease. Hester Ladowig is a chaiopraktikerin naturopathic doctor, CH and DE, and ethnomedicine practitioner, SA, based in Cape Town, South Africa. She has studied and practiced in South Africa, Germany, and Switzerland where she practiced with a team of physicians at the Paracelsus Clinic Lustmühle. Hester has presented on a variety of health topics internationally via live talks and webinars. Her work with patients struggling with chronic health disorders and their immune systems has helped hundreds restore their health and lead happier, healthier, and more energized lives. Meet Hester at EmbraceLifeWithHester.com. Here is the interview with Hester Ladeweg.
0: In your own words, who is Hester Laderwick?
2: Uh-huh. Um, Hester Laterwick, Yes, it depends. If I look at my life as a whole, I would say core identity. I'm a child of God. I am a mother. I'm a daughter. I'm a wife. I'm a sister. I'm a friend. I'm an adventure-loving human. But in the context I think of our um, healing conversation, I'm a naturopathic doctor, Swiss and German registered, qualified and registered. And I'm from South Africa. So in South Africa, I'm an ethnomedicine practitioner. Yeah. And I have a huge passion for healing and for helping others live their lives to the full. So basically
0: be the best they can be. That's my huge passion in life. Would you say that that's your purpose too? This the purpose of your life or something different, only passion? Um,
2: yeah, that's a good question. Passion, purpose, it's all all quite mixed. Mm-hmm. I think also with, with the identity of saying I'm a child of God, it's like glorifying God or doing what is good. But yeah, I think there's definitely, I do feel there is a gift of healing and there is a, yeah, there's definitely a, a, a mix in with purpose with my, my healing journey, absolutely,
0: and healing that I'd like to share with others. So child of God, I have heard that a lot, of course. So my question to you is, what, where, and who is God? Um, Well, I believe in God the way the Bible describes
2: God. So for me, God is love. He's the creator. He's the ultimate healer. He's my savior. He's the breath of life. He picks me up when I'm down. He loves me unconditionally as he loves everyone. And yeah, I think that God is
0: love. That's the absolute ultimate. Yeah, I have to use the same word. I love that. (laughs) This idea that God is unconditional love, if I can add one more word. Let me ask you questions related to health and well-being. The first one that comes to mind, it came earlier preparing for this interview, is the idea of balance. What is your understanding of balance? Is that a destination? Can we live in balance? Hmm,
2: That's a very, very good question. I think we can live in balance, but then the definition of balance probably shifts, if that makes sense. So I think we definitely we live in a, in a dynamic relationship to our environment, to health and disease, to everything around us. So balance in the sense of maybe I think that comes from probably things I mentioned around environmental balance and ecology and so on. We have balance in us that must be similar to balance outside of us. We're part of of our environments and we can't separate that. So balance is a very big thing and disease often just comes when
0: balance is out. So in that I don't know if that makes sense. Does that answer your question? It does very much, especially when you say, I mean, two things that we are not separate from our environment, which is really resonates true. And also that balance is connected to healing. Very much resonates. So what are some of the misconceptions about healing, Hester? Like, comes to mind um misconceptions about healing i think is where we start to
2: use absolute labels so where we basically start saying i have this particular disease so maybe i can give an example from my own life i had chronic pain as a teenager And it was not a time where chronic pain was well known. So the chronic pain syndromes, such as fibromyalgia and myofascial pain syndrome, those things were not well known. So uh, during that time, you had to, you needed big diagnostic. Signs like it must be rheumatoid arthritis, or it must be a neurological disease, or something. And then they would say, "Ah, oh, this is where your pain comes from," or osteoarthritis, you no know, big damage, or some big deformity. But uh, with the chronic pain, there wasn't a big label. So eventually, I got to the point where I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, um, as that was the label. And when I got the diagnosis finally, with that came the treatment and the promise. So the treatment was medication which thankfully the rheumatologist explained to me was not going to fix anything but it could possibly control things and uh, didn't really anyway so I was like no thank you and then um, and then there came a promise so he basically gave me the label you have fibromyalgia and that With that came the promise of of a life of suffering he basically said with that label you should not have severe joint damage as such but you will suffer for the rest of your life there's nothing you can do about it and i think that's where part of the misconception of healing comes from so eventually i was blessed with an eye-opening event and i learned a lot of things and after eight years of chronic pain i was free from chronic pain i didn't have chronic pain anymore But even before that, I started shaking off the label in a way, you know, the fibromyalgia label. And having been healed of fibromyalgia, if I can say it that way, did not mean and does still not mean, I mean, I think it's about 20 years ago since I've been pain-free, but it does not mean I'm pain-free. You know, no human is ever 100% pain-free. We have good days and bad days and the odd aches and pains. But then if pain comes back for me as my alarm signal in a way I think we all have alarm signals so for me pain is my alarm signal so when I am there's the balance thing again when I'm out of balance so if I'm overwhelmed by life or there's a um, unresolved conflict or there is too little movement or too little sleep or just things are just not where they should be then pain comes as my little alarm signal and it says hey something's bothering you in case you didn't notice. And then if I start paying attention, I can get rid of the pain again. But when the pain comes as my alarm signal, it does not mean that my healing is undone. You know, that I suddenly have my label back, that I suddenly have fibromyalgia again. It just means I'm a human and I'm out of balance. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions of healing because you can apply exactly the same thing with, for instance, uh, migraine headaches. You know, if you have... The odd migraine headache once a year or in six months or maybe once in three months as your alarm signal like, hey, you're going through too much, you need a bit of a break or things are just not where they should be or you haven't had enough water and you get a headache. If you get it very often, then you must say, okay, there's something very wrong. But if you get it now and again as a little alarm, then it's not the end of the world. So you can have this a similar thing with things like, migraine headaches you can have it with high blood pressure you can have it with with a whole number of things ibs is another example you know if you don't look after your gut well then you can have chronic gut problems and you can get a diagnosis of irritable bowel syndrome and you can claim that diagnosis and live that diagnosis and say i have irritable bowel syndrome but that is i think a healing misconception that just means in that moment you are living in a way that your gut's not happy and you can actually live in a way that your gut is happy. And that can be from diseases that are not so, or, or things and conditions that are not so serious, up to quite serious things. I've worked with people with, for instance, MS, where they literally live a life MS free and they can have a relapse in a short moment, because of a number of things, stresses or whatever, that you just jump in and then treat in that moment, they recover completely again. And that's, I think, where we get stuck on on labels. We like a label. You know, we we want to say, I have this disease and now I am cured of this disease. But we don't see it as a dynamic balance thing where we have an alarm signal, things are out of balance and we can move back into balance. That, I think, is one of the biggest healing Misconceptions. Oh,
0: I love your perspective, Master. Uh, It's so true because that's what life is, the human experience is. It's ongoing, it's constantly changing. So it's true. It's just natural for the body to be out of balance and then go back to balance without judging, without. The mind trying to label everything, as you say, it's so true. And that might be because we love the idea of knowledge, right? We wanted to know everything. <laughs> that's almost like a safety mechanism. Mm. Can we feel it Yeah, we feel like we can do something about it. But sometimes it's not really the case. We don't need to know even. We don't need to have a label to do something about it. What do you love most about being in a human body? No, it's about being in a human body. Body, I think um, the fun
2: bits. I love fun. I love nature and I love play. So I love being in the ocean or the, or on the rocks or on a mountain or connecting with other humans and human connection. So human to human connection and fun and play and music, all those experiences, all those Yeah, essential experiences, fun things, connection with other humans, those type of things.
0: I agree. So you wrote the book, Strengthen Your Immune System and Boost Your Resistance to Disease. How did you become a writer? And what was the main intention of writing your book? Those two questions. Mm. Right. Um, Yeah, I have had a desire to write for quite a long
2: time mostly from my practicing experience sharing some of the impossible healing stories and and also sharing my own healing story probably. And then I decided finally in 2020, this is the year that I'm going to start writing my first book. And as we all know, the year turned out quite differently than we all expected. And with that, my topic was pinned basically because I was asked so many times by my patients, um, I got these messages, just these, these quick messages, please tell me what can I do for my immune system or I would do a consultation and I do quite long consultations because I, I like to play Sherlock Holmes a bit. I like to find out exactly what's going on and then at the end of the consultation, often in the last minute or two, people, in my uh, patients would just say, hey, um, and by the way, what can I do for my immune system? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I would just Breathe in, breathe out, and just (laughs) think, how do I answer this in one minute? Because the immune system is so beautiful Mm -hmm. and so complex. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people expect an answer like, okay, take this much vitamin C and take that much vitamin D and take zinc in these doses, and there you go. You know that they kind of expect their little added-on supplement list. For the immune system but the immune system there, there is so much more to the immune system and yeah that is how I became a writer and how I started with this book and I think my intention with this particular book so with strengthen your immune system and boost your resistance to disease is to help people realize that to help people realize there's so much more to the immune systems than just taking certain supplements or following someone's protocol it's not a protocol thing it's so much more complicated and even though it's complicated, the idea of the book is to empower. So it's a small book. It's a book that is written in a way that it's hard science, but it's easy to read. It's not supposed to be overwhelming. It's not supposed to be a textbook. It's supposed to give you an idea of your own immune system, of what you can do in real life to strengthen it and how your day-to-day habits have an impact on your immune system. So it's supposed to empower and make you feel a little lighter about your fear for infectious disease and make you feel that you know, also realize that we've been through so much you know been hyper focusing in the last two years on one single virus and we've been through so much in our lives all of us and as a human race we've been through so much for much much longer than each of our own lives and we forget that we forget that and that's also i hope with the book i can add a little reminder to say hey look We've been built for this, we deal with it really well,
0: and here are things you can do to deal with it better. and speaking of the immune system, how to describe what the immune system is and where is it?
2: Well, the foundation of the immune system often is said as to be in the gut because that's where most uh, of our immune system cells live. Right. so we have a high percentage of immune system cells living in our gut. but, to say that that is really where the immune system is, is kind of narrow-minded thinking. So even in my book, I say it's a foundation of the immune system because the gut is. It is really a foundation for the immune system. But the immune system is essentially everywhere in the body because it's layers. So it's your firstly your barriers, your skin, your mm. mucous membranes, even the juices that you secrete in your eyes. and your All your openings, basically. All those little juices are protective. They are full of... Um, not only white blood cells, but chemicals. They are full of, of microbes that protect you um, from viruses mm. to bacteria, um, a whole mix of things that actually acts as part of your immune system to protect you. So from the layers, from the outside, you have all the juices on the inside, you have white blood cells, you have antibodies, you have all kinds of little things. And cytokine, cytokine storm has become a famous word in the last two years for those who know it. For those who don't know it, it's just like chemical messengers that fire when you have inflammation in your body, and they are actually part of your immune system. And what is interesting about the the cytokines is they also fire when you're afraid, they fire when you are depressed, Mm -hmm. they fire when you're anxious, and so on. So there's no line where you can say the immune system starts here, and the rest of your body goes there. There's even a whole field of study called psychoneuroimmunology so basically psycho obviously the psychology side neuro your nervous system and immunology your immune system because those three are so strongly interlinked so for instance just by breathing in a certain way you reset your nervous system and by resetting your nervous system you directly impact your immune system even things like your What's called your natural killer cells, when they are really good killers, they are your some of your lymphocytes who are some of your first attackers or your biggest, best attackers against uh, viral disease, and also against cancer cells. So, for instance, the, the natural killer cells like it if you breathe properly, and um, yeah, and emotions and fear and all those things all impact your immune system, and in a positive way, um, your support side. Positively impact your immune system, connection with others, and uh, emotional support, a life of gratitude, etc. So there's no real place where you can say this is where your immune system lives. I mean, we have all the technical things like we have the lymph nodes, and we have the bone marrow, and we have the, like I say, the gut as a foundation. So we can go all technical and textbooky, but essentially, it's with the messengers, so with those little cytokines, it's and and the interactions between
0: our body. There's no line where it starts or stops. It's absolutely everywhere. That's very good to know because that's interesting. We hear a lot about the immune system and then I remember asking somebody else, two other people here, like, where is it? (laughs) And that was the answer. Yeah, it's everywhere. And it's so it's the body itself, right, Hester? doing It's work, like going back to the idea of balance. Because it's very complex, the body, just to think about it. I know nothing about the body itself internally. But because I am in the body, I can feel it and it's doing so much, but we are not aware of. And then we do feel when we are out of balance. Yeah, There are
2: little, there are like stations, you know, where there are higher concentrations of immunological tissue. So like the tonsils and the appendix where, where so many people have problems with. So it's often the immune system saying, I don't really like what you're doing. And then we take it out and the time land, and so on and so forth. But yeah, essentially it's absolutely everywhere. And you can't draw a line to say there's an area where there's no immune system. It's just
0: everywhere. And then in your book, you mentioned the gut, as you said, the title is Your Gut as the Foundation of Your Immune System. So talk to me a a bit more about that. When I think about the gut health, I think about probiotic, and I do take that.
2: Mm. Yeah, so the gut starts with your mouth and literally ends With your anus. So basically, we sometimes forget that. We think of only the colon or we think of only the stomach, but it goes all the way. We are exposed to a a huge number of potential infections simply by eating food and putting stuff in our mouths. I mean, we put our fingers in our mouths by accident and. And we eat food that has touched other people's hands and, and so on and so forth. So we do get a lot of exposure of potential infectious things via our gut. And because of that, it's very intricate. There are so many different layers and levels of immune system there. So for the, the probiotic is definitely one of the biggest things. So you have a lot of probiotic flora. So the good bacteria in our bodies, we have more bacteria than cells. And the bacteria is outnumbered by viruses tenfold. So we have tenfold more viruses than bacteria, and we have more bacteria than in a healthy body. This is not a sick body, this is a healthy body. So it's supposed to be that way, and it's supposed to be in balance. And then there are very interesting and complicated interactions between the viruses and the bacteria and all kinds of things that help us adapt to our environment and to what's going on around us and what we eat and so on. So one of our biggest protections against uh, disease and for our, to keep our immune systems balanced is to keep this uh, microbial mix balanced. Mm. So to keep the good guys from the mouth and nose side all the way down the whole digestive tract to keep that balanced. And there are different probiotics or different flora in different areas. So we have things in the nose and the mouth which is also why we have to be quite aware of what we do. We can't just go with the strongest, most chemical antibacterial um, mouthwash every day because we have good guys that are protective that we just kill. Or if we just use a steroid nasal spray as prevention and allergy season for three months, then we must just wonder what we are doing to the actual protective floor on the nose. So using things as an emergency measure in infections is one thing, but using it long-term all the time is a totally different scenario. Yeah, so being aware of just what we do mouth and nose-wise and keeping that nice and healthy and clean in a good way. So using um, good hygiene practices that support the flora and that don't just kill all the good guys with the bad. And then we have a wonderful thing happening in the stomach, which is a very, very acidic pH. We have a very acidic stomach with our stomach acid, and that is a massive killer of potential microbes further down. So we actually want that stomach acid to work. And ironically, if we get very stressed if the thyroid, for instance, is not functioning as well as it should, sometimes the stomach acid production goes down. And then people get reflux and they think the stomach acid is too much, but it's just because it's coming all the way up. Breathing helps a lot with that because the stomach sits under the diaphragm. There are many food habits. I have that on my, um, they're like food rules and food habits that you can follow to protect your stomach. And if you're stuck, of course, you ask a Practitioner to help you with it. But stomach, in that sense, is is one big protector. And then from there down, you have bacteria start in the small intestine and increasing. So, the greatest number you have in your large intestine. You have lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of good bacteria in your large intestine. And there are so many studies, it's quite interesting. The field of study on that is actually developing a lot where they discover. Things like it helps to produce certain brain messages, and it helps to regulate your immune cells, and it does so many different things. It helps to make some B12 for you, vitamin B12 and vitamin K, and they just do so much. So, yeah, taking probiotics when you need it is good, and otherwise your natural support for your gut health and for your probiotics is eating colorful so really eating real food colorful food mainly vegetables and mainly leafy greens and cruciferous veggies and those type of things all the fiber and all those natural things really support the good bacteria and one of the reasons why our um, gut reacts so strongly to our emotions is around our guts we have a nervous system with the same messengers Uh, messengers that are similar to, well, not similar only, exactly the same as we have in our brain. So the happy stuff like serotonin, we make a lot of serotonin around our gut that we need to feel good. So that's uh, what most antidepressants work on is serotonin and um, our motivational things, all those type of things. We have uh, a whole nervous system around the gut. So we react quite strongly with that. And um, yeah, and that's also one of the, links between gut and then again, your emotional well-being and immune system. It's just all one big mix. You can't draw a line again between all those things because you can have probiotics that influence emotional well-being and probiotics that
0: influence your immune system. And its it, they just all work together. Ah, so true. That's great to know that we don't have to take probiotic every single day. It has been my case for a while, but then I stopped and now I'm not doing yeah. that. And I wonder how often, would you say two weeks out of the month and then go back, return, not taking, just stop taking after two weeks or or maybe less even, one week out of the month?
2: Um, That depends very much. If someone has had antibiotics, for instance, it can alter the gut flora for up to a year. Or if you have had cortisone, then you definitely want to have more Probiotics. It's also influenced by whether you were breastfed, how you were born. So if you were born naturally or via cesarean, or whether you were breastfed or not, all those things have an impact long term on your gut flora, and your gut flora composition and the sensitivity there. So it depends very much on the individual sensitivity. So if you have a happy gut, yeah, maybe I should. If you don't mind me talking about poo, then I can describe a happy gut. But basically, if you have a happy gut, then you don't necessarily need probiotics often or all the time, unless you have indications for it, you know, unless you have immune system weakening, or you have taken antibiotics recently, or you know, we're born by cesarean or breastfed, etc, etc. So um, there are reasons to take it or not, you want to not be so aware of your gut. That's mostly the best way of knowing you have a happy gut if you're not bloated, you're not crampy you're not uncomfortable um, you don't have reflux if you have a bowel movement one up to three times a day and if it's it must be basically bulky well formed and easy so it's soft, bulky and well formed because it, then it works like a, I always say it works like a pipe cleaner that goes through the colon because you want that bulk. People often think if they have loose stool they have uh, clean guts and they're like no no so if you have a happy gut you don't necessarily need to always take it if you want to take it as a routine thing there's no perfect rule uh, you could for instance do it one month on every three months or um you're know, doing in advance of your cold and flu season that you can also do do it like for a month in advance of the cold cold and flu season or an allergy season if you're allergic and so on and so forth um yeah and then there are also many different probiotics so it's uh,
0: if you are not sure, it's good to ask someone who knows which one to buy. That's amazing to know that even the way we are born influences the stomach. Yeah, I was born; it was a C session, so that's cesarean. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. it's interesting. I had never heard this before, Esther. <laughs> This is very new to me. So thank you for sharing the information, not just for myself, but for the listeners too. There's something else that I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, The indications of infection, what are they? What are the signs? How do we know?
2: Well, with a respiratory infection, the virus is, it mostly starts in the nose. So you can either have like a runny or stuffy nose, or you can notice it with a cough or you can notice it with a fever or a headache. Sometimes you don't notice it at all. So most of the uh, viruses we're exposed to in our lifetime, we never even notice. We don't even, we're completely unaware. There's this little secret fight that goes on and the immune system wins and we have no idea that anything happened. And the viral infection just becomes part of our life story without us being aware of it. Yeah. So being aware of, of a, a early infection, sore throat, or feeling like a thick throat, or lymph node swelling, or pain, or a runny nose, or a stuffy nose, or a sinusitis developing, or itchy ears, and yeah, and obviously fever too. But fever is usually not your first sign. Well, sometimes in kids it is, can be the first sign. But yeah, there are many different signs of, of infection and it doesn't follow even in the same family. If you have a, a viral disease that goes through the same family, you don't always see the same things happen in everyone. One kid might get more sore ears and the next one might have more the tonsils firing and the next one might have more the chest going tight to coffee. So yeah, so I know there are definitely many different signs, yeah. Right,
0: because we're different. It's so true. So you are also a ethanol medicine practitioner. Did I pronounce that correctly? And that's something yes. else I never heard about. So what is ethanol medicine? Oh, it's very similar to the
2: naturopathy it's yeah. just the south african regist well there is a naturopathy south- the registration in south africa too but because of my swiss and german qualification that's my registration in south africa's so, yeah but the ethnomedicine where it does go deeper is um we focus a bit on the south african traditional medicine so the traditional herbs and things and the there are the other methods of south africa so of the you yeah, know the traditional medicine here and to work with you it's
0: Online as well, Esther, or just in person?
2: No, it's online as well, um, because previously I was in Switzerland and Germany, so I was quite used to even before 2020. So before a lot of people moved online, I did occasionally anyway do online
0: consulting uh, with international patients. So I'm quite used to working online. And your website... I have it here. I'll have it on your podcast profile too. It's uh, embrace life with aster dot com. I love that. I remember reading for the first time. Embrace life. <laughs> that just resonated. Yes. Yeah, uh, this idea of uh, self awareness and uh, not resisting. Life, So I love that, the title of your website and your intention, of course. And let's see. So I do have a few more questions for you. The ending questions. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you?
2: Yeah, I think success, that's a very good question. I think it's, again, dynamic definition for me. So it depends on where you're at. So success can depend on yeah, what your role is in that moment or that day or that month or that year. So for me, I think that is probably, for me, success. So my day can be successful if I do small things for my kids or big things for my patients. It can vary completely depending on where the needs are and where I think my role is. In that day, so I think there's an overlap with success and significance. So to basically do what you need to do. So every day, go okay. What am I supposed to do today? Yeah, and um, to be led by that. Yeah, mm. I think in that lies success.
0: Yeah, I love that. There's a, somebody said that we need to be more present to what is present. So it's that advice, which is really profound to me, has been to be in the moment and answering the callings of life, as you said. So true. And let me ask you this one, too. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself and life as of today?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Hardest lesson about myself. I know that I, I, which is why I'm also thinking, I need to watch my mouth. So I speak before I think. Just be very cautious with words and that words are powerful and words have a big impact on people's lives because you say them in the moment, but they last much longer. And I think probably that's the hardest lesson to be really cautious with what you say, which also makes writing a book hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> true. So true. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, let me ask you this question. If life had one purpose, one purpose only, what would that be from your perspective?
2: Oh, connection with God, if it had one purpose only. Mm.
0: Because God is love and he created us for love. So that's... <sighs> yeah, beautifully said. Love him back. Yeah. And what is another word for healing?
2: I just thought of restoration, but I heard that also from someone else. I can't think of one word. But anyway, back to life, back to balance, living life to the full, that kind of thing. But I can't think of a single
0: word. Yes, fair enough. (laughs) And my last question is, what are three things you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body, before they die? Real connection with other
2: humans. So deep, deep and true connection with uh, loved ones, definitely. Adventure in nature and incredible music. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> ah, going back to the fun. <laughs> yeah,
2: I love the fun.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love your message. That's something that you talk about, you have talked about today and you write about connection, this intimate deeper connection with others beautiful yeah nature the power of nature and of course having fun (laughs) i love your messages i love everything you do and how you do it. it's very authentic it's very light (laughs) i know it's very serious what you do because it has to do with health and healing but at the same time it's light so thank you for being you Thank you. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects besides your website? Yeah, so my website, embrace life with I do have the social media of Facebook
2: and Instagram, also with Embrace Life with Hester. And uh, yeah, and the book is on Amazon on so under my name, or you can go if you can't find it because of my complicated surname, then um, Uh, You can find my book on Amazon directly or via my website. Embrace
0: Life with Hester is easier than my long surname. Yeah, that's where you can find me. Wonderful. I'll have the link on your podcast profile too, of course. Thank you so much again, Esther. And we'll talk soon. Wonderful. Thank you, Valeria. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Hester Lattawig and her work, please visit Hester.com.
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.